Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Thursday, February 16th. Appreciate you tuning in and listening. And I've got a message we're beginning today since we finished the message yesterday that we started on Monday. Today we're beginning a message that we'll continue and complete tomorrow, a two-day message. But first, I've got a couple of good songs and then the message. All right, as we look in the scripture, we are looking today at John chapter number 20. I am beginning a two-part sermon that was actually preached a few years ago here at the Island Ford Baptist Church on an Easter Sunday morning. And I'm preaching, as I said, out of John chapter 20, dealing with John's response to the resurrection. And I'm trying to provoke a response from you and I as well. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. John chapter 20 is where I'm going to be bringing my text today. John chapter 20, verse number 1. The Bible says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter, came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying Yet he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the nap that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own homes." I want to try to preach from this text this morning on this thought. I want to preach on John's response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love the book of John. I love the gospel of John. All four of the gospels are wonderful, but they call Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they call them the synoptic gospels because they tend to look in one particular direction. I realize they're all four different because they're seen from different perspectives But John's gospel stands out different from all the other gospels. I love reading the accounts of each of them and uh, the stories they tell. And notice the different perspectives, the things maybe that stand out to one writer. And I, I realize that they were inspired by the Holy Ghost to pin those things down. And yet the Holy Ghost used their personality. Isn't that a, a blessing? Our God can do that. Use their personality, show their perspective, and yet tell the truth. Amen. And so I am so glad that that's so. But John's gospel is a powerful, powerful gospel in the fact that it shows Jesus more clearly than any of the others as the sovereign God of the universe. Not just a man that claimed to be God, but God Himself in human flesh. Amen. He shows Him to be the Son of God, and He shows Him to be the Savior of men. And John shows that very clearly, and I appreciate that of him. John's gospel reveals Jesus, as I said, more clearly than any other gospel. That's why we encourage young converts 
perhaps or read the book of John. Many times if somebody has a question, we'll say read, start reading in the book of John, then go back, read Matthew through Revelation. Then if you want to start back in Genesis and read the Bible. But we encourage them to get that book of John down in their heart because that book of John is so clear in presenting us the gospel and the picture and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He can be seen so clearly and people are changed by the vision of seeing our Lord clearly. Amen. And so I decided on this Easter season to look at all the Gospels and and to compare them together. And I made some comparison notes that I have on my computer at home uh, as I compared some of the different things, things that are said one way and another way there. And again, no discrepancies, just more light given in certain areas than are in the other areas. But I, did, I noticed the distinct difference the significant difference and uniqueness of John's gospel. And in this, as something that I noticed that I'd never noticed before, I don't know exactly what day Peter got saved. I don't know exactly what day, I could name a lot of the disciples, I don't know what day any of them got saved except John. But I know what day John got saved, because he reveals it in the scripture that I read to you. And we'll get there. This is John's response. Matter of fact, look with me. At verse number 8, I'll just go ahead and give you, let the cat out of the bag, as they say. Verse number 8, Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw, and you see those last two words, and believed. He believed. He recognized, he knew all along that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. But now he not only knew that he was going to be the sacrifice for sins, but he knew that he was alive. He knew something that had taken place in that particular place there in that sepulcher or in that tomb. And we'll get there as we go along. As I look at this text, I'm not going to bring out the differences, so to speak, about all these things because I don't want to bore you. I want to just preach you the thought that's in my heart that might be helpful to you. But I, I want to show you, if I can, these specific things about John's account and notice his personal response and his personal reaction to the resurrection. There are seven things I'm going to point out and I'll not be long. First of all, I want you to notice the rock in verse number 1. Then we'll notice the race, verses 2 through 4. Then we'll look at the reverence in verse 5, the rashness in verses 6 and 7, the reaction in verse number 8, the revelation, verses 5 and 7, and then the the response in verse number 8. Alright? So notice, first of all, the rock in verse number 1. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb before John or Peter came. Now, and matter of fact, I remember hearing Brother Larry Raines preach a message one time uh, using this thought. And he used the fact that Mary represents charity. Mary is full of love for the Lord. He talked about that Peter and John represent faith and hope. Amen. Faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity because charity will keep going when other things don't go. And charity was up first. Mary was up first and went early to the sepulcher to see the Lord there. Look at verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Now, uh, she didn't come for a sunrise service. She was there before the sun rose. But the sun, S-O-N, had already risen. Amen. Amen. If we were to have a sunrise service, we'd be hours late from the time that the Lord actually got up from the grave. 
Because she came while it was yet dark and he was already gone. Amen. He was already gone from the grave. But when Mary Magdalene approached the sepulcher, no doubt she wondered. And some of the other gospels say that the others that were with them, they even questioned, what are we going to do about this stone? What are we going to do about this rock that's rolled up there? So she comes very early on Sunday morning and she is amazed to find that stone not blocking her entrance into that tomb. She's amazed to see that stone rolled away from the front of that tomb. Amen. By the way, that stone was set there by the authority of Pilate. That stone was sealed with the authority of Pilate. It had the, the, the authority and the power of the Roman government that said that stone was to stand there to seal the tomb. There were also soldiers there, Roman soldiers, again under the authority of Pilate and the Roman government. And they were there to seal the tomb to make sure that nobody went in and that nobody came out. Amen. Now they might have been able to keep people from going in. But they were not able to keep our Lord from coming out of the grave. Amen. And so she got there and she saw the stone was gone from its rightful place and its expected place. The rock was moved. Secondly, she also, in carefully reading this text, you'll notice that it does not appear that Mary entered the tomb. Look with me, verse 1. We'll just read the, well, we'll read all verse 1 and look at verse 2. Uh, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter. So it does not look to me like that Mary at that time entered into that tomb. She comes, she sees the stone gone. It does not say what she saw about the soldiers. We know that they were laying there like dead men. And we do know that when they came back, there was an angel sitting on the stone. But it looks like at this time, she did not see an angel. She did not see the soldiers. She did not go into the tomb. She only saw the stone gone. And her mind started running. And so she ran to, to Simon Peter and to James. He's called the servant whom the Lord loved. But, or John, I mean, she came to Peter and to John and she went to tell his disciples what she had found there in verse number 2. Notice that she did not say, our Lord is risen. She didn't say that. She said, somebody's come and stolen the body of our Lord. She did not comprehend. She did not understand. She had not yet believed. That the Lord had risen from the grave. This idea that somebody had stolen his body. Here's my thought. If she didn't go in that tomb and it was yet dark, I I doubt she could see in the tomb because if it's dark outside, you know it's very dark inside. And yet she believes and tells that his body is gone. And so she just believes that somebody has broken in, maybe overpowered the soldiers or whatever the case is, and has broken in and has stolen the body. Or else possibly she believed that the soldiers themselves, because of their hatred for the Lord and hatred for the Jews, have gone in and stolen the tomb. I don't know. But it seems to me like this was the best that her human understanding and her human reasoning could produce, was to come up with some elaborate story that surely somebody has come and stolen the body of our Lord. I'll say this as I think about this point and I'm going to move on. It is amazing to me at the reason of people's minds that want to deny the fact that Jesus Christ got up from the grave. Some will imagine that he didn't really die at all. He just swooned and they thought he was dead. 
And so they laid him in a grave, and then he was able to get up. Some say, no, that he just made them think that he was dead. And, and on and on. Some, some believe that actually that the soldiers stole his body out, or that maybe the disciples stole his body. You remember that these soldiers were paid money to go and tell that lie and spread that lie that his disciples had come and stolen his body. But nonetheless, nobody stole his body. He got up bodily and walked out of that grave. Amen. Amen. But she did not know that. She knew that he had died and she never considered the possibility that he might not still be dead. She said his body's gone. We don't know where it's at. So we notice the rock. Number two, notice the race. Verses two through four. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. Amen. Now, notice the haste of this story. First of all, Mary runs. She runs to tell Peter and John that the Lord is gone. That she tells them about the situation. She tells them what her fears have caused her to believe and what it must mean. And then verse number 4, the Bible said they ran together. This is Peter and John ran together. And that other disciple, the Bible said, did outrun Peter. So it was a race. The race was on. This is important news and they had to run and they had to hurry and they had to tell somebody and they had to investigate for their own and they had to see for their own self what was being done here and what had actually happened. Now there's three runners and I believe there's three different reasons why they were running. I'm going to point these out and move on from this point. I want you to think about these three runners and their different runners. First of all, Mary is running for fear. It's very plain. The Bible says that. She's running for fear. She don't know what's happened. She don't know what has just taken place. She is afraid. And so she runs to the authorities. Not the not the Roman authorities, nor the Jewish authorities, but to the authority in that little band that we call the church that our Lord had gathered out from among the people. Amen. She ran to Peter and to John. She was unsure exactly what had taken place and she was afraid that somebody had stolen the body of our Lord. She's running with fear. Then Peter is running. I believe Peter is running because of responsibility. Peter is the spokesman and the self-appointed leader of this band of disciples. It is his responsibility to find out exactly what happened. Peter's the man when our Lord asked the question, Whom do men say that I am? And they all answered around. And Jesus said, Whom do ye say that I am? Not to Peter. He said it to the whole crowd. But Peter was the spokesman. He answered up and spoke about that. And so I believe Peter had a responsibility. But not only that, that he was the spokesman for the crowd. But Peter remembers that not too many days before this, he had promised the Lord in that upper room that although all the other disciples might leave him and forsake him, Peter promised that he would not leave our Lord, but that he would be faithful to the Lord even unto death. And yet, you know the story, he denied the Lord three times. Warmed himself by the enemy's fire, was scared of a damsel from the enemy's camp, and he even cursed and denied that he knew the Lord. And the Lord looked at him, and Peter went out and wept bitterly and repented of it. Amen. Here's what I believe. I believe Peter's got responsibility in him. He said, Jesus loved me even unto the end, and the least I can do is serve him and find out what is going on and and get down to the bottom of this situation. So Peter is running out of responsibility. But John is running for an altogether different reason. 
John is the disciple whom the Lord loved. I believe because the Lord loved him first, it produced a love in John towards our Lord. John was the one who laid his head on the bosom of the Lord at that last supper and asked the Lord who it was that was going to betray him. John loved the Lord. John was the one who at the cross had been given the responsibility by our Lord to take care of our Lord's mother. John had been entrusted with the care of Mary. And so John was, he was deeply in love with the Savior and loved Him to, in his very heart. And so John's not running out of fear and John's not running out of responsibility. But John, I believe, is running out of love and his love for the Lord caused him to outrun Peter to the grave. Amen. Now, I put this note in here because I believe this is important. It pays to run on love. Some people run on fear. They serve God because they're afraid what He'll do to them or to their family if they don't serve God. And that'll go so far. There's others that run because of responsibility. They go because they know they're supposed to. They have a a duty. They have a responsibility. And so they run for God on that duty. But I'll say this. If you go because of love, you'll outdo all the others. Amen. Love will hope when all others have given up hope. Amen. Love will work when all others are exhausted. Amen. Love will push on when everybody else has fallen by the wayside and drops by the wayside in exhaustion. Love will cause you to keep on keeping on. And John was running out of love, I believe. And he beat Peter to the sepulcher there of our Lord. Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.